0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn
1: Amorm. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Today we have a guest who's a YouTuber, a Amazon seller. It is Luke
0: Wesselberger. Luke, what's happening? Hey, what's up? You got my last name right. That's why usually I just go by Luke W. But Weschelberger, it's uh, its a long last name, 13 letters. Didn't want that one uh, growing up too much. But I'm happy to be on the podcast. It's my first ever podcast. I'm really excited to just kind of let loose some of the topics that I've been doing in entrepreneurship and all the above. So thank you. Perfect. So Luke uh, is in uh, greater
1: Seattle area. Is that right, Luke?
0: Yeah, I've grown up in Seattle, Washington, most of my life, went to college out on the eastern side of the state at Washington State University, did some broadcast news journalism and quickly realized I need to get into entrepreneurship. <laughs> awesome. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. So, so you started early on as a woman's shoe salesman. So tell me about that experience.
0: So that was one of my earlier jobs in between college transitional periods, you know, summer job type of thing, and you know, uh, working in Nordstroms. A lot of people know that company; they're really big, they're prestigious, and I mean, I thought it was a great summer job. You know, meet a bunch of women and sell sell some shoes, and. I knew selling things was very important in life, you know, we're all selling 24/7 whether we realize it or not. We're actually, you know, if you're asking your mom to go out and stay out later at night or something, you're selling her on that idea. And selling is just something that, you know, can come natural to a lot of people and when you get better at it, you can really actually find a way to enjoy it. But women's shoes was just a summer fling a lot of ladies came and passed but it was uh, it was a good time (laughs) I bet I bet yeah
1: good for you Luke so uh, around 2017 the summer of 2017 you started with Amazon tell us about that kind of how did you hear about Amazon and what made you jump into it
0: so I figured out more about entrepreneurship. Actually, in February 2017, my birthday was February 19th. I remember the day exactly I woke up. It was February 27th, snowing outside. We don't usually get snow in the Seattle area, but I saw an ad for Ty Lopez's social media marketing course. Okay. He sold me on it. I was like, am I, it was at a transitional period between me either going to the broadcast news sector of journalism and everything, or me finding my own route and making my own life for myself. And I knew I wanted to do that. So I signed up for that course. It was a thousand bucks and went through everything. But I mean, I learned a lot and I started to help other businesses and actually be a social media Marketer and having a few clients making some decent money, but I was building their brand and not necessarily my own. So, in the whole space of entrepreneurship, watching YouTube videos, I came across uh, Tanner J. Fox, which a lot of people may already know. He's one of the big up and comers on YouTube who's got 120,000 subscribers now. And I started following him from day one. His first video ever came out. I followed him from the beginning, and it's Like When you model other people that are successful, you can almost just replicate what they're doing and start getting their success. So it was so easy through YouTube to just watch these people and what they were doing and just implement those steps. So he eventually, Tanner came out with an Amazon course, $500 again, and I wanted to put my skin in the game. So putting that money on the table makes me want to get eager to make that money back. So I invested in the course. I went through a couple of products, but that's how it started. Ty Lopez's course led into Amazon, and I have even a more funny story if I can go into it. Just I broke my leg skateboarding, and I laid in bed for two months and was able to basically finish his course and like research my products. And I was in the meantime working at a job called Joey's. You might have a Joey in Canada. It's a really kind of nice restaurant. I was just a server. And basically, I mean, I went back to that job after I learned Amazon and I was like, I'm out of here. Like, I, I already knew that my time was being wasted at this other job because my time put into learning Amazon and scaling this up, every minute counted so much. It mattered so much to me there. And when I was wasting eight hours at work, I was like, this is not building anything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you still
1: skateboard today or do you have uh, barely any time to do it?
0: I actually have quite a bit of time. That's why I liked Amazon FBA because once you set everything up, it does take a lot of time in the beginning. You know, twenty percent of your efforts, hardcore efforts in the beginning will result in eighty percent of your, you know, your bounty, your Your results in the end. So it is kind of a passive business after you set it up. So I do uh, get to skate a lot more. And as the spring and summer months are coming, I'm going to be back on board more than ever. And on my YouTube channel, I like to incorporate good content with uh, giving valuable information, but also showing a nice scene wherever I'm at. So I'll incorporate some drone footage or skateboarding, stuff like that in with the videos and tie it all together about uh, you know failing with skateboarding in the beginning it takes you many years to learn these tricks and once you have it the muscle memory is there just like with any other business you fail 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 finally you get it and it's easy for you
1: very nice very nice how about the Tanner's training Tanner J Fox we do follow each other on social media so I know who he is he's about to unveil uh, the new the new car, maybe a Ferrari. I think if he didn't, uh, if he didn't, it not like yet. Did that work out for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, his, his training was his first course that came out, it had 33 videos in it. It was just to get that basic beginner up to speed as if they've never maybe watched YouTube videos before on Amazon FBA. So mm-hmm. I had watched quite a few videos. I already knew basically everything in his course. But it was good to be able to get into the student Facebook group, you know, to collaborate with others at the same level as me, to have that money, like I said, put on the table, so that I felt committed to this process. And I had since taken multiple other courses: Kevin David's, the Ninja Course, and everything, a few modules in that, as well as the amazing Selling Machine course. Uh, so I've I've been really well versed and. I think one of the best things that I've done for actually my learning that can be a tip for others is just keep talking about what you're doing. Sometimes when you're excited, get at the dinner table, start talking about what you love, what you're passionate about. I took it to the YouTube channel and that was in May, 2017. The first YouTube uh, video I made was a review on Tanner's course. I wanted to make some affiliate commissions. You know, if someone bought the course through my link, I would make a hundred bucks. I ended up selling 67 sales of his course and made 300 videos to this date. Well, 291 videos on my YouTube since then. And I kept just reiterating everything I'd been learning, put it on a video, and it just makes you realize and know what you're talking about so much more once you really repeat those things. And it's very valuable. Absolutely. So when you're when you really like something you're passionate about it and you keep
1: talking about it you're bound to develop more knowledge about it and and at the same time find other people that that like the same things and like talking about the same things so that's perfect there and i see your youtube channel is growing you put out a lot of a lot of videos great videos and something i noticed is your thumbnails are they're worked on so
0: there's the technique to that. So where
1: did you learn this?
0: So I pretty much make all my own thumbnails. I've had, I've outsourced maybe five thumbnails to other people who put really cool, you know, intricate artwork into these things. But I mean, once you watch so many YouTube videos and honestly, I have just about 2,900 subscribers now with almost 300 videos. So a lot of people that are just finding my channel are like, you need to have way more subscribers. I don't know what's going on. Your content, you, the way you explain things, everything is just really, really, you know, on point. And I just try and stay humble with everything. And I don't mind having a low subscriber count or whatever if that's considered low. But I enjoy getting the value to these people that are really engaged with me because they, I mean, you don't need many subscribers in this space to really get a lot of feedback. It's not like I'm having a, you know a young kids cartoon show where you know everyone's not engaged this is like real engagement that's happening so a small subscriber base is great so i'm not the best with the clickbait titles or the thumbnails but i mean they're they're pretty decent i would say recently since i've started having a lot more success you know 30 grand a month in sales uh, with 45% profit margins with my amazon products Putting up that I just passed 100k in sales altogether. Uh, a lot of people have now just been starting to find the channel. So the big thing there is putting these big you know numbers in your titles and stuff like that, and then everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so that's the little trick to that, I would say. So I did.
1: I just saw that, and on LinkedIn, you shared a screenshot of your 25,000 30-day from the Amazon Seller app. And I really like the fact that there's a lot of people out there that share the, you know, the eight-figure screenshots. We all know them on Facebook. Everybody shares them. But not everybody puts out the whole truth of the story, right? There's a lot of things that I, Amazon sellers want to hide, other things that it's just good business to not show. And when somebody asks you about, for example, your 45% profits, somebody asks you about your ad spend, you actually showed a screenshot of your ad spend with 18% ACOS, and it was really good numbers for for what you had made. So, for example, 25 grand income, you had $700 spent on ads. So, you're doing, I'm guessing, you probably don't want to tell us what your product is, but I'm guessing this is a more expensive product, right?
0: Mm hmm. And that's one of the big tricks and I'll show you just last month's spend I'm not sure you can probably see it here yep. so spend I mean 384 and I made almost 4000 in sales with a 9.7% a cost so I don't really even spend much on advertising and the reason is my product is a higher ticket item so it does cost quite a bit to get restocked and the truth that people are going to hide is maybe you know, if I get a return, that's going to knock off, you know, like $100 out of my balance there. But so it is kind of difficult, but I maybe only get, you know, six or seven returns a month. And last month, I made 200, I mean, 40 or 60 sales of my product. And uh, every time it makes a sale, it's a hundred more dollars into my account. I buy the product for $45 with the logo shipped into Amazon Everything. $45, it sells for $120. Amazon takes $24 out of it. I make $50, $52 profit per sale. And if I could have a ton more inventory, yes, I'd hopefully have my ad spend at you know ten dollars and my sales at $10,0 a month. You know, I mean, I just need more inventory. <laughs> That's
1: beautiful, and you know when I saw the forty-five, fifty percent profit, I was a little bit skeptical at first because a lot of sellers do not know what their real margins are, right? They throw out the numbers. Oh, I bought this for two dollars. I'm selling for four, so oh, I'm making a hundred percent profit, right? A lot of a lot of sellers don't really know the full numbers, and after I, I checked it, I saw okay, this is. Uh, actually real profits, 45, 50%, which is beautiful, low volume, but uh, high margins. And is this a private label product?
0: Yeah. So I don't do drop shipping or anything like that. The courses I've all taken and the course that I've actually made myself is actually based on just private labeling your own products. I see so much more value, so much more profitability, so much more of an asset that you're actually building. In the beginning, when I was doing social media marketing for all these other businesses. It was me building up their business. But now when you have your own brand, you can get 4 or 5 products in that same niche or category. And under your brand logo name, and next thing you know, you got a substantial brand. You can sell that brand on a website called Flippa. Flippa Flippa.com. And people are listing their Amazon brands and saying, I'm making $9,000 a month in profit and they're selling it for like $465,000. You can just buy that brand right there with only ten grand a month in profit. So uh, there's a little algorithm to it. It's like your annual revenue multiplied by 3 is what you can sell your uh, Amazon brand for or something like that. But the, uh, the private label scene is really different because there's so many ways you can sell on Amazon. Retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, drop shipping. Just so many different ways, but private labeling was the one that made sense to me in building my own brand, my building a real business that I'm passionate about. And uh, I also scale out to you know Facebook pages, Facebook groups, and Instagram for my Amazon brand. So that later when I am maybe going to sell the brand, I can say, look, I have a following here, here, here. I'm making this much on Amazon just adds to the asset value of the brand. Absolutely.
1: You talked about the different ways to sell on Amazon with uh, retail arbitrage private label online arbitrage. The one you didn't talk about I'm actually have an expert here within an um an hour about from now, which is doing about close to twenty million per year in wholesale, which is a professional wholesaler so I don't wanna tell the name just yet because it will air after but um yeah, so wholesale private label it, it depends on i guess what you what you really like and you know a lot of people that started with retail arbitrage will do will say the retail arbitrage is the best private label people would prefer private label that's i guess why they do the one that they're in i do about i would say probably 80% private label and it's due to the fact that Doing it for so many years, because right? I started doing it in '97, Luke. Uh, not with Amazon, of course, because Amazon—I uh, don't even know if
0: Amazon existed in '97. Not until '99, I think. 99. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: even YouTube wasn't around. But anyway, so I did all the the things that didn't have the, the fancy names, even right. I would just it would be you know buying things from a store and selling online. It wasn't called retail arbitrage, but now, yeah, eighty percent private label and I do some some wholesale and wholesale is only in Canada I have no wholesale accounts in the US so let's get into your uh, YouTube channel you have uh, it looks to me like you have a uh, nice quality videos and you're a very good talker so you you studied communications is that right?
0: Yeah, I uh, went to Washington State University, like I said, and got the degree in broadcast news journalism. I've always been one to want to motivate other people through many of my hobbies. I have so many different things. I've always been, like we said, skateboarding. I'm always there just encouraging people to, to go big, to do that trick, to go for it, to stick it. And then they land it. And me seeing that I actually maybe push them to make that decision is just a really gratifying feeling. And I know that everyone can do it if they actually just do it. There's just all these mental blockers that is holding them back. So in my YouTube videos, they're really a lot of people say they're getting a lot of good motivational content. And it's also real, like I'm showing behind my screen how to click buttons, the tutorials, just all that good stuff. And uh, just jumping off topic for half a second, I wanted to say I did start with retail arbitrage. I forgot to mention that. I tested that out because... And I even have some videos on retail arbitrage as well. Just going to Macy's and buying a bunch of electric griddles. I bought 10 of them, shipped them in to the Amazon store. And and on April twenty sixth, I made my first uh, sale on Amazon. And then June 1st, I made my first sale of my first private label product. And yeah, so that's when it all started. But uh, the YouTube channel is really a great communication platform for me because I'm a hyped up guy. A lot of the times I want to get out there. I want to talk to people. I want to get people excited because there's so many opportunities in this world. And when I'm here in my hometown, like I am now, just people, they just don't... They're just stuck, it feels like. I want to help so many people. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know what? You just touched on a great
1: point that, that, that was what made me want to go into podcasting and be able to help a lot of people that are stuck. They are stuck and they don't even know that certain things exist. Right, so how easy it could be to start, for example, when you started, how much money did you invest into into your amazon business
0: so well, my private label product, because the retail arbitrage thing was like it was a hundred dollars that I put in for the retail arbitrage for ten griddles, and they were selling for fifty on Amazon, and I bought them for ten bucks each, and I bought ten of them so it was cool to see those sales coming in immediately on my Amazon seller app. That's when I got straight hooked on that thing. And then uh, I paid $500 for my first order of 100 units, a, a small ticket item. It was so $500, $5 a unit. It was selling for about $1,399 to $15 I mean, I even talk about what the product is on my YouTube channel, but I blurred out my brand name and everything because I don't sell it anymore. But I mean, it was a certain type of a magnet, actually. So, really low startup cost. And I recommend anyone looking to get into it, maybe go look for a low startup cost just to get it in there, see how everything works, because nothing comes according to plan. There's little, you know, there's all these anomalies that'll come up, hoops you got to jump through you know, uh, reviews you have to pass to get maybe certain products to be able to be sold on Amazon if they're electronic, for instance. And that's why like having a course is actually beneficial. Uh, a lot of people don't do the mentorship and like actually talk to their students, but I actually still do the the Skype calls and help people solidify and make that move with their first product. Because when I got started, I was like sending this guy that, or Tanner Fox all these product ideas and he just didn't really have enough time because he has had now he's got like 5,000 students. Okay. So Mm -hmm. very, very big, but, uh, find these people. If you guys are looking to get started, find the people that have low subscribers that are still in the grindstone game and not necessarily sold out, you know, just yet. And they're really looking, they're in the trenches trying to help out. Did you have any product that failed miserably? So, I had uh, maybe three products that I tested that were all small ticket items before I got into my larger ticket item, which I'm still doing today. So it took me till my fourth product to really hit the home run kind of thing with this. So, uh, I mean, the first product, like I just mentioned, those those magnets, nothing really lost money necessarily because, I mean, I was buying the products for such a low cost that even if I lowered down to break even. I was still, you know, I was undercutting my competition by so much money that I could just sell out quick and at least break even. There was one product that uh, was a seasonal item that I did actually have to ship home like 200 units of it. Luckily, the product was only $2 each. I bought 500 units. That was a mistake. I now recommend everyone just start with 100 units to test out something like that because I bought 500. And I mean, the season was over basically, and I was left with inventory. So I had to ship those home for $0.50. Cents, I'm sure as you know already, like $0.50 cents a car, a unit to back to my house. So but I was able to actually sell those out on the street at garage sales and putting up little signs. I even have some videos of just being a hustler out on the street with signs selling my what could have been Amazon product. But that was the worst it got for me failing kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I had a um, seasonal product that it just had it
1: was a $13 sourcing price. So it would cost $13 to source. This is before shipping and anything uh, from China. So bigger product, I I could still fly it. It was right at the limit where I should stop flying it and get it in the sea can. And because it starts selling so quick in such big quantities, that I had to place a container order. So it wasn't a full can, but it was one of those that's going to take longer to arrive. And that happened. You know, one day the tap turned off and it would not sell. It would not sell. And it went, oh, we're talking about, you know, 20, 30 units per day to one, nothing, you know, one, two, nothing. The issue is, Amazon doesn't cross the borders with seller's items. So for example, I cannot tell them to send them to me for 50 cents being in Canada. So they would have to send it to a warehouse that I told them to, for example, in the States, third party warehouse where, where I would ha- still have to pay for the handling fees. And anyway, these products end up costing me a ton of money and they would not sell out even at cost when when out of season. Okay, this is the kind of product that if it's out of season, nobody will will ever touch, right? And yeah, you don't want to wait 12 months for it or, you know, 10 months at least for it to go back into season. It's one of those three-month season kind of deals. So yeah, I, I did make a ton of money with it during season. But that's the risk you take, right? Uh,
0: you never know when the demand will really, really hit this target. I was going to say, how many uh, units did you get stuck with at that point? Like in the warehouse? And then you, did you end up just having them liquidate them? Or how would you go well, about that?
1: Yeah, so I had about 600 that got stuck. And so... It, it's up accumulating a lot because, like I said, it was about thirteen dollar u s to source each the shipping cost for for that amount of units was around let's say probably two grand, and then warehousing fees at this facility, and what happened was nobody wanted to liquidate them off season as well so when get, it get got closer when i start getting some offers now we're about in in the 6 month range where it's going to become season again at that point i decided i would just float them myself and just keep them so i ended up selling out and not sourcing that product anymore it wasn't really private label it, it was like a white label you know i i would just buy it the product as is big quantities in china and sell it so I had no issue. I don't fall in love with the products anymore. If it doesn't bring money home, I'll abandon it. And that's it.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the scary part about Amazon. Once you really start getting your, your products set, there's so many opportunities with products and you can almost get caught up in your own little world with your product for a little too long or something without branching out and seeing what's there. But in my case, I really am trying to build up a brand with you know, I'm going on my, uh, I'm having my third or fourth main product in this brand and I'm sourcing it for $60 and it sells for 180 to 200. So about $103 is what the Amazon fee calculator or profit profitability calculator is telling me uh, over a hundred bucks a unit. So the only thing is that I'm scared about is how many units do I need to buy? Like we just passed a Christmas time, not too long ago. And it was like, do I need to order a ton more units or is it get, are the sales going to slow down now that Christmas is over but they actually started to increase in sales which was surprising to me so I ran out of stock a couple times had to expedite some shipments some air shipments in but that's mm-hmm. that's my biggest struggle right now just having the right amount of inventory and stock without maybe being stuck with too much inventory I don't think the faucet's going to turn off for this market anytime soon it's kind of the newer market that's yet to even peak out yet. So I just got to, you know, get the courage to man up to bigger quantities of these things. As my cash flow starts getting bigger, I have more money to throw in the way of products at these products, but it's just scary cuz maybe, you know, also your review ratings on Amazon. What if you get bad reviews? Next thing you know, your products are doing half the sales as they should mm-hmm. should be. So reviews are important. I like to get quite a few reviews so that at least i know my ranking my reviews aren't going to just drop substantially you know overnight if you have 10 reviews and you get two 1-star reviews you'll be from all 5 stars to 3.5 stars you know so
1: absolutely you know one of the things i used to think is that uh, all the cash flow problems are going to disappear once you reach the seven figure per year and when in reality the only problem, the only thing that happens is your cash flow problems increase with the amount of sales that you get because now you have a bigger demand to, of products to buy and to ship from wherever it is you're shipping them from. So your cash flow problems are going to exist, just maybe at a a bigger level, right? Percentage wise, they'll stay the same, but dollar amount is going to it will increase with the amount of sales. So. Um, it's not, it's not good news. It's not bad news either, right? It's, I guess, a good problem to have. And I see, or I think it looks like you, you're not sourcing things, um, the way that most sellers are taught to source, right? You got to source something that's very affordable, that fits inside a shoebox. It doesn't break. It cannot have, preferably don't get into electronics, all that stuff. So it looks like you went uh, normally. A thing that costs two hundred bucks is oversized. So I'm guessing that's your case as well. So you decided to source the non non sexy products, the one that have less demand. But you're you're going to be the big dog there when it comes to the competition.
0: Yeah, you know, my market was and there's many techniques in product research to find products. My first three, like I said, which were kind of mediocre products for me, I found using the Jungle Scout web app. So you can put in filters and you know, when I was going by that everyday criteria that everyone's taught to do, I was finding the same products that everyone else was Mm -hmm. and not necessarily differentiating a ton, so by the time I got it in there, it was super saturated, and that 's why i wasn 't getting the sales velocity I needed with those low ticket items to actually you know make a lot of money because the sales weren 't coming in as I, I had planned because so many people had the same offer as me basically, so I used another method that I kind of came up with, and I have some videos on it on my channel. I call it like the negative keyword search. As you may know, you can type in a minus and then a bunch of random letters. It'll pull up every product in Amazon's catalog. You go to a category you want to search into, and then you sort by the price, high to low. And then you can actually go in the URL and skip. You have to be on page 2 at least to do this. But it'll show in the URL page equals 2. You can change that page equals 2 to maybe page equals 200. And then you're going to sift to page 200 where all the products are maybe in the $50 price range because you've sorted by the price high to low in the beginning. And now you're looking at every product in the category. And I went and sifted through uh, the categories and found my product this way. And it was such a random method that I used that, you know, who else is actually going to skip to page 162 and like look in this weird subcategory to find this thing. So that's how I found it. And I recommend you know look in the. You got to be tricky, by the way, you find your product, and then you have to think of the barriers to entry and having a high ticket item. Not many people are willing to fork over, Mm -hmm. you know, six thousand, ten thousand dollars for their first order of products, and actually know what they're doing to beat out the competitors. To know what to bundle with, look at the frequently bought together. Read the customer negative reviews. Do all that stuff look at your customer's image or competitor images, just see what you can do to beat these guys out. And when you're looking at these higher ticket items, there's usually lower competition out there. So you don't need a lot of sales either to make a lot of money. You know, I mean, 200 sales a month made me 11 grand or something last month on Amazon profit alone. And then yeah, that was for the month alone. But you know, when I showed like a 30 grand screenshot, Thirty thousand dollars with the screenshot. That's from the last thirty days. So that was kind of pouring into some days in January, maybe where I had some big days that added up. But in February alone, it was it was a great month. And you just got to look at the barriers to entry and see what you can do to do what's different than everyone else, kind of thing. Yeah, barriers to entry Uh, in
1: my Excel sheets when I am sourcing products are a positive point. So I give. For example, I use Jungle Scout uh, Chrome extension as well, like everybody else. But there's certain things that people consider negative that I give a, when sourcing products, I award them points. So if it fits this, it gets a point. If it fits this, it gets a point. And if there's barriers to entry, it gets awarded points. For example, if it's oversized, it gets points. And I was talking to somebody the other day, showing them how I do it, and they're like, well, you just gave them positive points for being too big. I'm like, yes, because I rather have less competition and less demand, but be the best seller, you know, of that product. And so that's something great that you're doing, Luke. So and it's working apparently, right?
0: Yeah, I mean there's my product is actually not too heavy. It's maybe three point five pounds, so it's not even that big, but it is electronic and it is a high ticket item it is something for i mean like skin so it's not anything you i would still not recommend ordering anything from china that is a topical cream or anything like that you don't want to mess with any of that stuff you want to source that maybe domestically but uh mine had a lot of weird barriers to entry i was following the every stage of the game when i was looking to order the product i was looking no new competitors showed up at all and I'm at, I'm at spot number one and two right now. I have two listings. Uh, one has the listing with just the regular product and then one has the listing with the bundled item with it. So I have two little variations. Instead of actually putting the variations in one listing, I just spaced them out in two listings to take up more real estate on Amazon on the first page, which actually is a really good thing. I've talked to other people though who said Amazon may give you higher ranking if your product does have actual variations within your listing. And I have noticed when I search on Amazon with Jungle Scout, it seems like everyone with variations, like maybe multiple colors of a certain product within that same listing, they're always seeming to be at the top. So I'm not sure which method actually works best having variations within your listing to help maybe rank in amazon's algorithm or actually just having two separate listings that can stand out to customers more so
1: yeah well there's pros and cons from what i tested for example the the reviews will be divided into both listings if they're separate while if you have them together you know the blue will get a five star so will the yellow and the thing is I believe the parent ASIN will get all the sales velocity. So if you sold one yellow and five blue and three brown, they get all that sales velocity to the parent ASIN, while at the other level, you're just getting one per sale. But you get, like you said, you cover twice the, uh, you get two positions. If you get the first place, there's two in first place. Yeah. <laughs> So we talked about your failed products. You're successful. You are doing now six figures per year, right? High six figures per month, which is which is great. And what I'm really like is that your your profit margins. You're 45, 50, and you said you have three
0: products working on your fourth. Yeah, my fourth one's going to be the biggest one, the biggest money maker, I suppose, because there's two other people selling this basically the exact product. And they're all doing, according to Jungle Scout numbers, around 200 sales a month. And I mean, 200 sales times 100 bucks profit. I mean, what is that? 20 grand a month kind of thing in profit. So I mean, that's just astounding to consider one product. And I do like the the fact that you don't need too much inventory. You don't have to worry about ordering 2000 units to make a lot of money. Maybe just 200 units... Ten times less. I mean, you're doing the same amount of work. Why not just put up more money and get that more expensive product? that's going to make you more money. At the end of the day, Amazon shipping it out. It's no extra work for you. It's just more money in the beginning kind of thing. So, recommend small uh, selling some smaller ticket items. Learn what Amazon's all about. Find a market where you can find higher ticket items with low competition, and usually that's what you can find. Make sure your suppliers have all the correct, you know, verifications, certifications. Maybe they're the patent holders of the product, whatever. Make sure all that information is checked off because Amazon, you know, it's getting more stringent on accepting different products to be able to be sold. And you really got to know what you're doing uh, when selling on Amazon as opposed to eBay or some other places where it's easier to sell. You know,
1: absolutely. And when you have a low competition numbers. For example, if I'm looking at a product that has very low competitors, there's a couple things that I'm, I have to be very sure. Is One is that there's no patents on a certain product. That could be the reason why there's low competition. And the other thing is the history, which I'm sure you, you looked at the history of that product, how long they've been having those 200 sales for using Keepa, or Elium ten, which I also have. Um, yeah, pre—I guess actually replaced my Kipa because Kipa is no longer free. It was free up until recently, and uh, this is uh, where are we? April, April two thousand nineteen. So up until recently, it was free, and I don't know if it's going to be again in the future. That's why I say this because a lot of people may listen to the podcast two or three months from now, and things have changed. So, yeah, Helium 10 has a free tool as well that does the same thing. It tracks history. Because when somebody launches a product, they could do giveaways, and there's a way where you can actually kind of manipulate your own BSR. So you can have a very low BSR, even though there's no units being being shipped out of your account, right? And I know I I did that a, a while back, and I don't know if it still works. But it was using the Amazon giveaways. You can do giveaways inside Amazon. And even a third party, even a buyer, for example, can open your listing. And there's an option in there to do a giveaway of your product. So I can do give, giveaways of products that are not mine. If I want to build, let's say, a list of some, some sort of. But anyway, I was doing with my own products. And what you do is while doing those giveaways, you put a higher month a number. For example, I want to give away one unit for every thousand people that enter this uh, this giveaway. Then you make it private, so nobody knows about that giveaway. Amazon will not announce it. And what you do is instead of one unit, you're giving away fifty units. So one per every five thousand. Put the maximum number and don't make it visible. So what happens is. Worst case scenario, you give away one unit, but your BSR will count as 50 were solved. So your BSR will jump close to the top. And if anybody was tracking my products at that time or anybody else's products that did that, it looked like, okay, according to this BSR, this is selling thousands of units, right? And in reality, it wasn't. It uh, It wasn't even selling yet.
0: Wow. I have actually never heard of that tactic, but that's just goes to show there's so many things to learn. You can never learn enough. And that's the best part about entrepreneurship is that you literally, there's endless possibilities. It's not like you're going to the same routine every day at a job or whatever. You have free will, free creativity to do whatever you want. And there's no ceasing your progression and self-development. It's not just about business. It's you've got to put in your health, your family, relationships, spirituality, all these things are important to people. And, you know, you just got to set yourself free with financial freedom first, I think. And then you can really invest in yourself in the other ways. But I mean, this is a no brainer, man. You just got to do it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Luke, we're coming up here on time. And uh, before we go, I want to let you let people know, where they can know more about you,
0: help where to find your YouTube channel and all that. Yeah, so like I said, my name's Luke Weschelberger. On uh, you know Instagram, Luke underscore Weschelberger. Facebook, I mean everywhere, LinkedIn. But mainly, I re- I would really appreciate if you guys came to follow me on YouTube by just typing in Luke W. Luke space W, you know, some people just type it in as one word, but it's Luke W with a space in between there. And uh, I have tons of content for you guys. And I'm one of these, you know, people that's really just, you know, passionate about actually helping other people as well. You know, I get actual fulfillment from seeing people take the tactics that I can teach and really benefit from them and then come back and say, wow, Luke, you actually helped me. You know, that's, the biggest thing that's more important to me than actually making my own sales maybe i want to sell my brand and just go into helping other businesses and people and just watch their faces light up you know so please come subscribe to me at uh luke luke w on youtube and i hope to see you guys there drop a comment on a video and let's help the subscriber count guys it's it's still small let's get it (laughs) perfect i subscribed luke so i'm there i'm in it
1: And I'll have all the links to everybody on the show notes. So uh, check out the show notes for this episode, and you'll have all Luke's links in there. Okay, Luke, thank you very much. We'll stay in touch, and I really appreciate you spending
0: your time with us here today. Yeah, thank you all for watching, and thank you for hosting. So see you guys next time. See ya.